Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. This is the Ordinary to Badass podcast, episode number nine. Today's guest is Manisha Tare. Manisha is an intuitive guide, healer, and mentor. In this episode, we talk about how she discovered her passion, mindset work, and meditation. Before we get started with the episode, I wanted to tell you about a few things. Did you know that there's an Ordinary to Badass Facebook group? We would love to have you. If you want to have a group of like-minded women who are in the arena and pursuing their passions, this group is for you. And also, there is an Ordinary to Badass blog, newsletter, and show notes page. Go to OrdinaryToBadass.com to find out more. See you there. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm glad you're here. We are all striving to be confident, bold, and authentic so we can live a life that we are passionate about. Today's guest is Manisha Tare. Manisha, we're so excited to have you here on the show. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So first off, before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself to be ordinary or badass? Definitely badass. I love, and I love that you asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> so first, I will go ahead and share your short bio, and then you can add any additional deets that you see fit. Sounds great. Manisha serves as an intuitive guide, healer, and mentor for highly sensitive and empathic people who are on a journey back home to themselves. She blends her experience and knowledge of somatic practices such as yoga and craniosacral therapy, as well as meditation and guided practices to support emotional healing to meet her clients where they are in order to facilitate deep healing and processing of past trauma. Her clients experience great levels of presence and increased clarity and confidence to trust their intuition and connect to their souls for guidance first and foremost. She works with clients virtually all over the world. That's so awesome. I can't wait to dive in. Manisha, do you have any additional details to share about yourself? Um, no, I think that that covers it. I mean, I think the most important thing for me is, um, you know, I'm, I'm very empathic. And so this has, you know, been a journey that I've been on. So over my own journey, I've collected many tools, and I've studied a lot of different things and sort of just gone on this path of self discovery, and then also a lot of training, and I just combine all of that to really, you know, help people step out of their own um, way. And, and live their lives the way they want to. So what does that process look like? Uh, the process of stepping out of your own way or <laughs> working with people to do that or both? The process of stepping out of your own way. Yeah, so for, for me, and I think a lot of people that are attracted to working with me, the first thing I would say is 
um, really knowing how much we know ourselves because I, I find that with a lot of people who are highly empathic and they're really deep feelers and they want other people in their lives to be happy, they sort of uh, tend to absorb a lot of what's in their environment, like from the people in their environment too. So I don't think I even realized this when I was living it, but when I sort of look back on my journey, I really can see all of the ways that I maybe took on a lot of expectations from other people or my environment in terms of like traditional society and the way that I you know, should be or the way I should do things. And I think many people do this. And I think a lot of people sort of um, struggle with this in different ways. But what I find is that when you're really empathic and you feel there is actually like a wiring that we tend to have where we I mean, absorb is sort of, it feels like a bit of a dramatic word, but it can actually almost feel like you're absorbing the desires and wishes and needs of other people around you, of other people that are close to you around you. And you sort of forget like who you actually are and your needs tend to be like tapped into their needs. And so, you know, what it looks like is really one, even recognizing if that resonates for you and that feels like it's true for you and then kind of slowly stripping away and like releasing a lot of those other energies from our system. And the way I do that is through a lot of body-based practices, a lot of really tuning into our bodies because I find that that our bodies really tell us the truth and our minds can tell us a lot of stories and we can use our minds to help us understand those stories. But ultimately, when we really start to tune inwards and, and really tune into like our the sensations and the little pings of guidance and all of those start sorts of things, we really start to know what the truth is. Because I think we all have the capacity to feel it. But um, when we're really wired in a way where we're taking so much in from the environment, I think it just gets lost and it gets clouded. So yeah, part of the practice and part of the work is really to find the things that help you move that energy through your body, to help you move emotions through your body, to start to recognize when you're taking something on that's not yours, and and finding your own truth in that in that very tangible way, and and beginning to trust yourself in that. So it's definitely not instantaneous. It's a little bit of a process, but once you start to know your own cues and your own signals it gets easier and easier to follow your own guidance. So do you have one tip to, that someone can use to stop absorbing other people's needs? I think that if, if you find that you're doing this, you know, if you find that this is a tendency for you, I really recommend every morning finding some time to really stay and get quiet. Um, because I find that when we have that tendency, if we wake up and sort of really enter into the world, whether it's, you know, opening up our phones or like immediately talking to the person or the people that we live with. And, and I understand if you have small children, that might necessarily be a thing that you can do right away. But really taking that time, even if it's five minutes in the morning to like ground into your own body and just do a body check in and see like it could be when you just kind of wake up and you're still lying in bed of really noticing like, wow, what, what's already going through my mind? How does my body feel? Like, do I feel calm? Do I feel anxious? Like, are there fears popping up? And even if all of that is happening, just giving yourself that space to notice that. Because I, I find that a lot of times, like that's happening for so many people in the background as soon as they wake up. But then 
we get up and we kind of engage in our day right away. And that kind of stuff just doesn't even have any space to move or clear. And I think that taking that time every day, like in the morning and even at night, because we've picked up so much stuff during the day, even at night to do a little bit of clearing, you might even do a visualization of anything that's not mine. It's like releasing from my body. It's going down, you know, through my feet into the ground or how, you know, whatever you sort of resonate with. It's giving yourself that space um, and literally like setting a timer to do that and just starting to notice how you feel when you give yourself those spaces. Okay, great. Thank you. Now let's switch and talk a little bit about wins. Share with us what's something you're most proud of accomplishing. Uh, So I actually just in the fall, um, in November, moved um, across the country. I was living in on the East Coast my my whole life. I spent the last nine years in Washington, D.C. And uh, previous to that, I was in New York. And I, so I moved to a small town in, in the southern part of Oregon last fall. And, you know, it might have seemed, you know, sudden to people around me, but I feel like that was a little bit of a, uh, it was like in the making. It was probably years in the making. And that's just something that, that I, not that I necessarily knew I wanted to move here, but I knew I needed to try or wanted to try a different experience. And I didn't know anybody before I came here. I I had connected with this one woman that I took a course with like six years ago or so, but my soul really called me here. And, um, and so I didn't really know how I was going to do it, but I just, knew that that's what I wanted. So it was interesting, like when I decided that that's what I wanted, like all of these things kind of came together to make it happen. And so that's the latest thing that I'm pretty, pretty proud of that I was able to do. I love that. And I'm a firm believer, you really just have to follow your gut instinct with things, even if you don't know all the answers. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So what is something that most people don't know about what it took for you to do that? Yeah, I think that sometimes we just don't recognize the level of inner work that it takes to make a really big change like that, unless maybe you've done something similar yourself. Um, So, you know, yeah, I would say that. I mean, these, when we're doing our own personal work and growth work, I mean, it's so invisible to the outside unless you're constantly talking about it or, um, or, you know, there are people super close to you that know that, but um, yeah, there, there is like a huge level of, of, building up that inner stability and trust that it takes in order to make such a big leap and a big jump Um, and, you know, be able to stay relatively steady throughout it. I mean, nothing's perfect, like life happens and, you know, there's lots of change when you make such a big outer change that then you have to like recalibrate to. So I think that, you know, just having done a lot of that work allowed me to get here. And then what was interesting, what happened on the, what happened on the other side was that I needed to pull my energy in even more. And so what surprised me a little bit, and maybe I think, I don't know if I should say surprise other people, but maybe people don't realize is just like how much energy it takes to really ground into a new place. And so just if you are making a really big change in your life in whatever direction, it's in just to know that there is this like push that it takes to get you there. But then when you arrive, wherever that is, it can take another level of grounding and really drawing your energy in and creating those like boundaries so that you can do that 
in order to, to really fully land, you know, and fully ground your new reality. So that brings up another question is how long have you been an intuitive guide and healer and how long did it take you to get comfortable with it? So I've been doing this work, you know, in various formats for, I would say the last um, six to seven years. And before that, before I kind of got to that place, I was, I had, I sort of started my own journey many, many years ago, probably like 20 years ago of yoga and meditation and like doing this work for my own personal healing and, and just my own personal interest. Like I've always been interested in the metaphysical and um, in spirituality. And so all of those things drew me to that. And then I had been teaching yoga for a few years. And then I got into a type of body work called craniosacral therapy, which really just opened up my consciousness in a different way. And so I started working with people doing that, I think in yeah, 2012 or so. Um, and from that, the work evolved. At first, I was working with people primarily around like stress and maybe injuries that were showing up in their bodies and like how to, to breathe and, and work with those. And then as that work evolved, I really got more into some of the emotional pieces of it. And then my capacities changed as well. Like I was able to feel more when I was working with somebody um, when I was in their presence. And then over even over time after that, now I actually primarily work with people online. So um, and virtually over Zoom or Skype or different things. And so, you know, it's taken, it's been an evolution of my own personal practice and my own personal healing, but also working with like hundreds of bodies and hundreds of people like in yoga classes or doing body work or really sensing into what they, what they need from a distance, you know, feeling with their permission, of course, like feeling into their energy field and noticing what's going on for them. So, you know, it's been in various capacities for, yeah, the last six, seven years. And I would say in the last couple, it's been um, just more directed to some of this like deeper emotional healing work, because what I found was that people might initially come in because they have an ache or a pain or just like something that feels a little bit stuck in their bodies or they're feeling like really anxious or um, fearful but when we were able to drop underneath and really tune into their bodies from like even a meditative place, like there was always like some past experience or heavy emotion or some experience or trauma that had just been repressed or unprocessed for them. And so as that was brought to the surface, um, really through sensation and like really safe guidance, not, not talking about it in detail. Um, that was able to be cleared. And so as I continued to work with people in that way, I could sense my own abilities to be able to tune in to, you know, bring them to that place quicker, like that developed even faster. So it's definitely a process. Here's what I really love about your journey and what you just shared is you started off with one thing, not knowing what it would lead to in the end, or not probably ever picturing where you're at now but you started off doing yoga and you probably didn't picture yourself being here right now, but I think each part makes sense now to, to get you to where you are. But at the time it didn't, but you just kept trying and moving to doing things that, that felt right for you. Is that right? 
It's, yeah, you described it perfectly. I mean, yes, I never could have imagined or even thought that this would be a way to work with people. But I think that the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur also is you get to like explore and like as your capacity shift and as you're really following your own soul's guidance or your own gut instinct or however you, you know, think about that. It's like, things will unfold and like you'll actually be able to tap into your gifts in a deeper way because you're giving yourself this permission to explore working in various ways. And yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, it really does unfold one thing to the next. So I think that's something for all of us just to remember or to keep in mind, just take the next step, you know, take the next step of what feels right. And you don't have to have everything for your future planned out. So yeah. With that, let's go ahead and talk about your struggles a little bit. Tell me about a time when you gave up, but now you wish you wouldn't have. It's such a great question. I, you know, I feel like I've come close to giving up in different ways. And probably that's been just around doing my own, you know, doing this, this work and having this kind of practice where I just was like, oh, this feels... Like I love doing it, but it feels really hard sometimes and I don't know how it's going to work. And so there are just like those touch points where I just feel like, oh, this, you know, this just feels too hard. And I've been so grateful and lucky that when, when I get to that point, there's been like something that comes into my life, whether it's a person or like another healer or something that just kind of helps me open up and stay at that point of discomfort and kind of continue through it to get to the next level. So I think that, you know, if you're in that place, just, you know, see what help and support you can get because, and you'll know, cause there's like a part of you that's just like, oh, I don't really, I don't want to give up, you know, but then you're just like, but I don't really know what to do either. And so I find that when that happens, like there is support that will, that will come in, that will inspire you, that will help you to see something a different way that'll kind of open up your mind and be like, okay, but I can take the next step. So it's been close calls, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can you share with us a story about one of the hardships you have faced to get to where you are now? Yeah. Um, You know, I think when I, I don't know if I would call it a hardship specifically, but one of the biggest challenges I, I feel like I've had is really this is kind of what I started with of like this confidence around really knowing who I was or what like I guess I had to offer. Um, I feel like that's been a real journey for me. It's not that I didn't think I was like good at things, but I was good at like pretty traditional things like school and, you know, just very traditional things. And so I think that when I started tapping into more of this healing work or different kinds of work, like I just like didn't know. And so you know, it might sound a little bit dramatic to call it a hardship, but I think that so many people, when they're trying to follow like a different kind of path, like that is something that comes up, like they, they want to, or they feel maybe safe following something traditional, but going off course or like really knowing what you have to offer the world in a different way can just feel like so heavy and so weighted. And so Um, as I started to really work with that and getting to know myself better and clearing out a lot of these other energies or recognizing that I was even built this way where I took so much on, like that feels like a struggle that, um, 
that I've gone through and, you know, they're still like, it's, it's an evolution. Like I still see places where I do that and then I have to like move through it, you know, to get to the other side, which is why I think I can see it so clearly in other people when that's happening, because I know what it feels like. Um, and I can, I can spot it. So you said that you didn't know your own gifts and that's something that you struggled with. What would you say to somebody who is going through that right now? Yeah, I mean, I would first say, like, really get clear on what excites you and, like, what lights you up and and start to get to know yourself in that way because that's always a clue. There's always a clue when you're, when you're lit up, when you're excited, when you are doing some of your own work and, and then you start to see that in, in other people or, like, you learn something and you want to, like, teach it to everybody else, whether they want to know it or not. Like that's something too. <laughs> I don't know if you've had that experience. I, yeah, I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that's something that I think is such a great clue, you know, cause you're just like, ah, I'm so excited about this. Everybody should know this. It's like totally changing my life. And so I want everyone else to feel, you know, better or, you know, good in the way that I'm feeling good. So, you know, follow that first. Um, and then I actually, you know, I did a lot of I did a lot of different things. Like, I mean, I, like you said earlier, like I just kind of followed one sign after the other. It's like, Oh, I love yoga. Like I'm going to start to teach it. I'm like, Oh, this kind of work is really powerful. Like I'm going to start, I'm going to learn it. I'm going to start to practice it. And so that, you know, if you pick like one thing, it totally will open up your mind and your awareness to other things that will come in. Um, and one of the, the pieces to, to this, which actually, helped my helped me like land in what some of my actual like capacities were was um, the practice of astrology which um, I share in different ways but it's kind of remarkable like I had a few different astrologers like look at my chart and through your natal chart you can actually look and and now, now I read charts as well so I do that work with clients as well but you can actually really start to see like the way you're wired and sort of what your gifts are. And so it was so interesting because I could sense that I had certain capacities, but then when a person who you know never met me before could look at this piece of paper and like say those things, there was something in that that really landed for me um, in a different way because it was just like I had this like outside confirmation, but not from someone who was just like trying to like support me or help me feel better. It was like, they didn't even know me. They were just like looking at a piece of paper that basically told them this information. So it just, it felt like an interesting way to be confirmed in, in certain areas of my life. And like that actually helped those things land. And so that I can like, you know, own them in a Mm -hmm. different way. So another question that I have, are you married or a parent? Uh, No. I do not okay. have children and yeah, I'm not married. Have you ever struggled with societal norms or expectations about being married and having kids? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I did struggle with that for a while because, you know, I think that we all want to belong to a group or like fit into society. And like in our society, it's very much like, oh, like you get a traditional job and you go this course or you get married or you have children or you know, so I just felt like I was doing all these things, like in all the areas that were non-traditional. So that would, that's absolutely something that I would bump up against um, often. And I think where I've landed with that is just like, you know, I have lots of friends who are married and with children and, you know, and lots of friends who aren't. 
And so when you just look at that cross section of everybody, like one thing or another doesn't make you like more or less happy than the other. And so when I just started to really recognize that, like you really create your own happiness and you, you want to, you know, you need to follow like what works for you, then some of that pressure started to go away because I think that sometimes we think that something's like better on the other side. And I, I think all of those things are wonderful, you know, so it's, uh, it's not like a personal preference, but it's just sort of like, I think that, you know, I, I really believe, I really trust in timing. And so that's taken a little while to get to as well, like that trust in the larger universal timing. So it's just something that was a real struggle because it felt like it made me not fit in to a place where I evolved to, to really look at it like, you know, things, things will unfold in the way they're meant to, as long as like you're happy and you're following your path and you're following like what your next step is. Yeah. And I can totally relate to it. And kind of like you said, the grass is always greener on the other side. You know, married people probably want to have like, they're like, oh, it'd be nice to be single again. And then single people are like, oh, it'd be nice to be married, you know? Yeah, we just, we just don't really know, you know, and I think that that's really just human nature to be like, what's on the other side, you know? Yes, but there's also something so awesome about just embracing where you're at right now, you know? Yeah, yeah, because it, I think it really just brings you the next thing that's meant to come into your life, because we're not like in this place of constant struggle of like, not wanting to be where we are and wanting to be something different, somewhere different, and not that that means like, you know, obviously, like, you don't have goals, or you're, you know, you can obviously want more or different. um, And that's part of what we're talking about today. But I think that when we move towards something different from a place of like, discontent from where we are, that's where it can go a little bit wonky, you know, because you're always sort of like in rejection of where you are to get to this other thing. But Mm -hmm. like, as you accept each place, I feel like that that opens you up to the next thing, you know, and total work in progress. It's not like I think this 100% of the time, like there's, there's work I hear involved, you. you know, to I like, we all are. Space. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about mindset. Tell me about your mindset and how that has led to your badassery. Yes. So this has been such an interesting process for me because, you know, I've, I've had a meditation practice for a really long time and I feel like that's given me a sense of just like, like I was saying earlier, like that inner sense of stability and kind of a pathway because I do believe that it's a practice like this pathway to be able to get to a place that feels like clear or calm within me. And what I have realized over the last couple of years, like with all of these like bigger life changes is that that's a piece. And then mindset is also a different piece around just like your day-to-day attitude, because, you know, I have been a long time meditator and I, I mean, you know, I know other people just like in the different communities who, who have done that. And so I talk about this in different ways, but I'm like, there's one way that you could be like on the cushion, right. Or on your yoga mat, for example and you feel really great, and you feel really calm, but then you go into the rest of your life, and you're just like, you don't, you don't carry that same level of like peace or calm or bliss, you know, and so it feels like, um, I know this is a long answer to your question, but it just feels like 
um, that mindset is really something that you want to connect in with every day. And like your attitude is something that you want to connect in with every day. Like, how am I feeling today? Like how, like I'm waking up and how am I feeling in the morning? And this is not as a way to just be like, if you're feeling crappy, just to be like, I feel great. Like, it's definitely not about like bypassing anything, but it's really like choosing in every moment, like how do I want to feel? Um, and, and what can help me get there? So if you are not feeling so great, it's like, okay, well, what's, what's that about? Like, what do I need to help me then shift into a slightly more open space? Or what do I, what do I need to really take care of myself so that I can then shift into that other place? So that's kind of how I blend those two practices, um, the meditation, and also really, you know, being very like attuned into what's going on with me? How am I feeling? Like, is that the way I want to feel? Is there something that I need right now to feel differently or to feel more expansive or to feel more open or excited or whatever it is? And like, how can I take care of myself so that I can do that? So you mentioned that a lot of people have a tough time carrying the meditation practice off the yoga mat. Um, how do you do that? Is that just by asking yourself those questions? Like, what do I need right now? Or is it something else? I, it's partially that I think it's, yeah, I think that's the practice of being, um, being like, I would say vigilant in a different way. Like I work with a lot of people who are hyper vigilant because they've experienced these different things or traumas or things. So we become like hyper vigilant because we're like looking for something fearful, but like this is sort of, yeah, like being vigilant in a different way of, of really starting to notice like what is triggering me? You know, if you walk through the day and you're like, I'm feeling really good and all of a sudden you start to not feel good or you're irritated or angry or, you know, whatever. Some of the questions I ask are like, what just happened? You know, like I'm just walking down the street, like what could have just happened, you know? And so it's like, oh, is there a thought that I thought about or a certain experience that just like flashed through my mind that's that's making me a little bit reactive like is there someone in my environment that maybe I'm picking something up from because of that whole like piece of absorbing from the environment when you're not like paying attention so those are some of the questions that I ask I mean it's excuse me certainly a process over time but um yeah taking that practice taking that practice off the mat is really just becoming like vigilant in a really loving way to what is happening and like what you feel like you're reacting to just on a moment to moment basis. And this is not like, Oh my God, now I have to just like be vigilant and like look at my mind or, you know, all day long, but it might feel like a little bit tedious in the beginning, but as you start to do that work, you'll start to, to notice like, oh, okay, in these environments, like it really shifts my mood. That's so interesting. Like what's, what's going on there? And do I need to not do that? Do I need to change my behavior in some way? So we can start to like make these little adjustments over time and then really get to know, yeah, like what do we need to take care of ourselves? Like what does feel good for us? Um, what people feel good for us to be around what people like don't feel good for us to be around and then you know sometimes it's like in making those changes that we have to come up against you know difficult conversations or things that feel awkward or you know so it's like each layer brings us like more information that then we have to like do something with and then that's what makes I think the cumulative changes yeah and I think just being aware is huge you know yeah. we 
say things to ourselves, and half the time we're not even aware of them. Like, how can you change it if you're not aware of what you're saying to yourself? Absolutely. Yeah, for so, sure. Can you share with us one of your greatest mindset hacks for confidence and self-esteem? So one of the things um, I do every morning is write morning pages. And so if people are not familiar with that practice, there's a, a wonderful book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And, I love that book. Um, oh, great. Yeah. So you're, you're familiar with yes. it. And I mean, I, I haven't, I've, I've done XM things from the book. I definitely, I would love to do it all, but I, I haven't yet. But what I, I love that practice and for anyone who's not familiar, it's basically like you get up in the morning, you open up, you know, a notebook. It's not a fancy one because you're really just, on me, I feel like I'm scribbling in it. Three pages, dump all the stuff that's going on. And so it doesn't take that long, you know, like relatively speaking. And I just feel like getting all of that out and like having a place to process that first thing in the morning before you like have conversations um, is super, super helpful. So it's yeah. just another way to connect in with yourself. Yeah. Yep. And just to do a kind of a brain dump of whatever comes to your mind so you can kind of clear it out of the way. Exactly. Yeah. And there's so many things that get in our way that honestly, like you said, with the awareness piece that we actually don't even know. So then when sometimes when it comes out on the page, you're like, wow, I didn't even know that was in there. That's interesting. <laughs> right. Right. So, Do you have a mantra or meditation practice that you can share? Uh, yeah, my medita I mean, I have a meditation practice. Um, I, I've like studied meditation formally in the past and, and done a lot of different kinds of techniques. Currently, my practice is really like I set a timer for 30 minutes, um, just so I have like, some awareness of time. And I literally, I mean, I don't, I just sit and I pay attention initially just to my breath to kind of get me in a centered space. And then I might um, drop into my body and feel different um, sensations because I have this background of like the somatic practices and the cranial work. Like I feel like I get a lot of information from my body in terms of sensations, in terms of emotions that are moving through. I'll notice what I what comes through my mind. Like if I have a particular memory or um, something feels recurring because it's almost like I use it a little bit as investigation of like, Oh, that's so interesting that I didn't realize that that was on my mind. And so I know that, you know, there's so many different kinds of practices and um, I've sort of moved away from that, that place where I was, where I would like focus on my breath and just kind of try to get to a state of calm because I find that when I give my body and my mind space to do this, kind of wandering, I sort of end up in this calm place because I've given myself a chance to, to just let everything that wants attention receive attention. I'm, I'm a big believer that when we don't pay attention to stuff that's showing up in our minds and bodies and we kind of like push it to the side or, or like be like, I'll deal with that later. It just, it turns into other things. It turns, it can turn into illness. It can turn into injury. It can turn into, um, anxiety. So I find that giving myself that time to let everything move through and offer it this like loving attention can really, um, yeah, really impacts me for the rest of the day in a positive way. When you're meditating and say you have something that, that needs attention or feels negative, what do you mm -hmm. say to yourself in that moment? I just try to stay really curious and open 
um, yeah, I don't know that I necessarily say anything specific, but like I'll notice it and I'll, you know, say it's a okay. pain or so, or like you, mm -hmm. you use the example of something negative. Um, yeah, I would just get really curious and be like, wow, like what, not in a why, like let's analyze this, but I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Why is that coming up for me? You know, and I'll just uh -huh. like let myself feel it really is, is the answer because usually it's coming up because, you know, if something's unprocessed to me, it's like we haven't let ourselves feel the, the pain or the grief or the sadness or the whatever emotion of it. Mm -hmm. And it's probably still lingering around because there's just either something that I haven't fully learn from it or there's like a feeling that I haven't touched into that I just need to spend a little bit of time with um, so that it, it feels seen and heard yeah. so that it can keep moving through. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about some tips that you can share with us. If you could share one tip that you wish every female knew about, what would it be? For women, like I find that sometimes we forget how powerful our like feminine energy is. And when I say that, I just mean like some of these like softer skills that maybe we just don't pay as much attention to because, you know, we've been in the world in such a way that we've had to maybe just be more assertive or be more, um, you know, have that more masculine energy to kind of get attention or make our point or, you know, but I think that for women, like our skills of deeply feeling and our intuition and being able to kind of sense things is really undervalued. And, and so, and therefore, I think that maybe we just don't spend enough time really developing them because we just don't see like the value of them because they're not necessarily valued in society. But I think that that is, those are so incredibly powerful. So I would say, yeah, to spend some time like developing those because those are really our superpowers. So, so mm -hmm. how do you apply that in your life? So that's, and that is essentially most of the way that I live my life. I mean, obviously there's like action taking and like other things. Um, but in terms of like figuring out what to do next or like what decisions to make or like where to go or who to spend time with or all of these things, it's really it, like I use those skills of like feeling into it, of noticing what you know, internally pulls me towards one thing versus another. And yeah, it's not that I never use my mind, obviously, like I'm, you know, I'll scan, yeah. I'll, I'll try to understand something. But like, when I'm really like feeling in for the decision, it's really about dropping into my body, dropping into my awareness, noticing how something feels, and then like making a decision from that place and like just tr and trusting also. And that's, you know, not necessarily easy is like trusting that even though it might not be logical, like it feels like the right thing. And so trusting the feeling that it feels right, like the right thing is the path forward, you know, and knowing that like nothing's permanent, like you can change something, you know, it's not like you, every single choice you make in that way. It's like a hundred percent, but nothing is, I believe in, in life. Like you're always learning and growing and sometimes it leads you to something that you would have no idea about, you know, had you not gone with that feeling. Right, right. So earlier you said that often we forget our power or the power of the feminine energy. How would you lean into that? Um, well, I would 
first I'd be curious, like, just to, if you're listening to this and you're wondering, like, what does that even mean? You know, like, ask yourself, like, what, what does that mean for you? Um, and then ask yourself, like, how often maybe you do make choices or decisions based on your feelings, or do you feel like you're really stuck in your head? And, you know, that's not necessarily something that you can, like, immediately change just, just by thinking about it. But I would say, start to notice like how are you making choices or how are you trying to figure things out a lot of a lot of times when when i work with private clients it's so interesting because they'll you know share things that are going on in their lives and so we look at this the story of that is of whatever that is but often when i work with them it's like we go into their in, into a process where we're like well how do you really like feel about that and so I would just ask, like, where are you comfortable, like, with that? You know, are you like, no, I have, it has to be logical, it has to be, it has to make sense, and how comfortable are you, like, following those little pulls and instincts and, like, you know, pings of intuition, and, like, what I like to tell people is, you know, if you're having kind of an intuitive feeling or, like, a gut instinct, try them for small things, you know, like, I'm going to go down this road instead of that road, or I'm going to you know, say yes to this or no to the like small things, you know, that don't have like these crazy consequences and just kind of start to see how it feels to follow those little nudges. And then as you get more comfortable, like then you can use them for slightly bigger things and slightly bigger things, you know, and just kind of track like, well, what happens on the other side? Like this actually work out? Like, is this, you know, is this true? Is this not true? Because I think the other thing that I got a question about a lot is, like fear versus intuition. And it's like, well, what if, you know, I'm not doing this or that because like, how do I know whether it's like my fear or intuition? That's probably like a whole different conversation. <laughs> so I just, <laughs> I just like to say to people, um, you know, try it for like the small things that don't have big consequences in the beginning, see how it feels and slowly build yourself up to trying it for the bigger things. Yeah. And I think that's how you get confidence in general is just trying out small things, trying it over and over and kind of adjusting and see what works for you, you know? Yeah. Um, how do you get inspired and stay motivated? I try to, to connect in with other people who are also like on a path of growth and want to be inspired and motivated to like expand and grow and learn. So I just think that being around other people or yeah, keeping that company is really important. Um, I also, yeah, just have a few different sort of go-to, like there's just different like podcasts that are related to like spirituality or different things that I like to tune into that like expand my mind. I think that for me also um, the meditation piece is super important and I live now in a place that is like so abundant in nature. And so if I'm feeling kind of out of sorts or something just feels unsettled, I really like to get into nature and that really um, just shifts things a lot for me. So that's a huge way that I stay inspired and motivated. Right. Yeah. Taking that time, giving myself that space. Yeah. I can totally relate to the nature thing. I love being in nature. It just kind of helps me get grounded. Um, Can you share with us one of those podcasts that you listen to? So there's a couple that I've been following for a little while and they're like, one is actually a new one that I've been following. It's called Bliss and Grit. And so if there are people who are interested in sort of the, the mesh or the blend of like psychology, but also like 
spirituality and awakening. Like they have really beautiful conversations um, around that, that kind of work of like expanding your path and, you know, connecting inwards and they interview different people who, um, different spiritual teachers and stuff. So you just get like a really nice perspective of, you know, of different things. Someone else I really like who um, is that the On Being podcast by Krista Tippett. She also interviews really incredible people like who have backgrounds in like psychology or science or um, artists or poets. And, and she really weaves in a beautiful conversation like around spirituality and um, yeah, and just how nice. people are working in the world. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's we'll have to check those out. Yeah. I'll list those in the show notes as well. Sure. So let's move on to some badass advice and this okay. is more kind of rapid fire. Um, okay. What was your turning point for accomplishing your goals and becoming a badass? All the work that I've been talking about and just like this landing in like believing that you could do it, okay. you know, and that's, yeah, it's just, it, it happens over time, but then there's like a little click. It feels like where it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. This is in me now. Do you have a morning routine or an evening routine that you can share with us? Yeah, the morning routine is the morning pages that I said, and then the meditation practice. Um, I don't really have an evening routine, but that morning routine is something that feels really non-negotiable for me. Okay, great. Can you list one thing that you've learned from a woman in your life? Yes. So I think that it's just this, again, it's, it's this belief that you can do it and that things are, that there's a solution to everything is from my mom. You know, I don't think I really appreciated it growing up, but like, as I've seen, you know, I could see her now, like as a grown up, um, she really has that underlying belief system of like, there are solutions to everything. So I, I really carry that with me. Yeah, I love that. And it's funny how you don't see things as a kid, but then when you get older, it's like, oh, it all makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just like a different level of like deep respect. You know, you're like, wow, I really wish I appreciated that more. <laughs> totally. <laughs> can, yeah. you, can you share with us a habit or practice that has contributed to your success? Yeah, I know. I've, I feel like a broken record, but meditation, hands okay. down, is like the thing that, yeah, helps me stay grounded. Totally a game changer. I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you wish everyone knew about confidence and overcoming obstacles? Take the time to get to know yourself. I think that we, we just don't, sometimes we, well, I'll speak for myself. I think for a long time, I felt like that felt like a selfish thing to do, but really it's like what's led to me being able to tap into my own gifts and like offer them to the world. So you know, get to know yourself, get to know who you are, get to know the, all the gifts and the strengths, get to know some of the patterns that you want to shift, like that are keeping you from you know, doing what you really want to do. Just like get to know yourself and it'll shift your confidence, you know, like what you have to offer and it'll help you really move through things. Yeah. And I think once you know yourself, it's easier to make decisions because you already know where you stand. Yes. How often do you read? And please recommend a book and share why. Um, I, I love to read. Sometimes I have like a few book tabs open, um, but I, I, sometimes I'm not the best. Like I don't finish everything that I start to read because I'm just kind of so interested in a bunch of things. This is a book, um, book recommendation, something I actually read years ago, but it's really stuck in. I would just say that some of the references are kind of old school. So if you decide to to check this book out, just know that that's my opinion of that. But it's called um, 
The Dance of Anger with Harriet by Harriet Lerner, I believe, or, and I can, yeah, Mm -hmm. I can double check that, but it's, um, it's a book that I read around, obviously there's anger, um, but it's also about boundaries and sort of setting boundaries. And it just like helped me to see relationship patterns in a really different way. So that was super useful for me. And it's a book I always recommend to clients who are like in relationships where they're trying to shift something, but they're really feeling, feeling like a pushback from the person that they're trying to shift around and like really, yeah, changing those dynamics and what it changed to takes to change them. I think that's just an issue that so many people deal with. So it's, yeah, it's called The Dance of Anger by Harriet Lerner. Okay. Yeah. I haven't heard that. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. With the caveat that some of the references are super (laughs) old school. (laughs) So I just like to say that. (laughs) Yeah. But it doesn't mean there still can't be value from it. So yeah. No. Yeah. So much value. I think that book is magic and gold. (laughs) (laughs) So Let's end with a tip to empower women and how the audience can connect with you. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think, yeah, believe in those softer skills that you may not fully trust. Like, take the time to get quiet and let those feelings move through that may be blocking you from your intuition. Um, Once you feel like you've got your intuition kind of on track, like, you really become unstoppable because you're moving from a very different place than just your analytical mind. Um, and if people want to connect with me, um, I have a website. It's my full name, manishatare.com. On that site, there's actually a, a free meditation that you can sign up for that helps you connect in with your body um, and really just start to drop out of your mind, connect in with your body so that if this is a practice that you're interested in, then you can grab that for free on my site and really just, yeah, start to tune in and see how it feels. Like it might be challenging at first, but you'll be able to drop in and um, yeah. And then if you need support with any of that, then there's also a link to, to book a call just to get more information, to connect, to see if this kind of work is right for you. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Manisha. You have been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. With that, we'll end our show. And to all of our badass women out there staying in the arena, whatever you are doing, own it and get after it. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, ordinarytobadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future spotlight episode of the show. That's ordinarytobadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt and get back in the arena.